on 2NURFM, quarter past 12, Thursday Finance and Barry Preston. We usually take a look at commodities at this time of week. So what's happening at the moment? Commodities have been strangely, what's the word, quiet. Uh, there hasn't been much movement, but I noticed on the London Metal Exchange that the holdings of certain commodities, they're not as much as what they used to be. In other words, the reserves are down. So uh, looking at that, if there is a pent-up demand and that demand comes through, the price of commodities will certainly go up. There's no doubt about that, especially so do copper. You mean, do you mean by that oh, they haven't got so, min- so much copper in the vaults? Well, <laughs> I've noticed, well, yeah, wherever it is, <laughs> it could be sitting under the table somewhere, but uh, usually there's about three or 400,000 tonnes of copper. I noticed the other day it was down 150,000. Now, whether I'm looking at the wrong figures or they've changed their website, but um, looking at that, I think... Uh, down the track there could be some demand in it. And, of course, the geopolitical situation throughout the world is not uh, not the most stable, and we've only got the one planet, so I don't know where everyone's going to go when things do happen. But mm. let's, let's hope they don't, Jane. Yes. Anyway, look at gold. Gold would normally be skyrocketing in the situation we have at the moment, but it's only up $12 Australian an ounce to 1410 which equates to 1312 US. Silver, $21.29, very little change there over the week. And copper down sixty dollars per ton to seven thousand four hundred and sixteen Australian nickel nineteen thousand eight sixty one down eighty eight dollars per ton, and tin up two hundred and one dollars a ton to twenty four thousand and thirty. Tin's one of those metals that's uh, really misunderstood in my opinion. But uh, anyway, currencies well. <coughs> We're down. Uh, uh, the Australian dollar buys less American cents. It buys approximately 93. In other words, you'd have to pay 107.5 Australian to get one American dollar. And with your dollar, you'd only get 93 cents American. British pence up slightly. It's the only one we've really strengthened against this week. It's 55.7 British pence to the Australian dollar. Last week it was 55.4. The Chinese market, uh, its currency, very, very stable. Last week, 5.76. This week, 5.74. So there's very little change there. New Zealand, uh, we've dropped there a little bit. We've dropped 1.1 cents, actually, to 109.8. So it cost you more to buy a New Zealand dollar. The euro, very little change, 69.6 euro cents. And Canada, 101.5. That was uh, half a cent down. If you're heading to Peru, whether you want to go there or not, I don't know. It'll probably cost you, for one Australian dollar, you would get 2.6 Peruvian Nevo Sols. Now, I've probably pronounced that wrong. I do apologise. If it's upset anyone, please get a Beck's powder, a cup of tea and a good lie down. No worries. It's and just change your money anyway. And change your money anyway, yeah. <laughs> the All Ordinaries Index is up with a huge amount of three points over the week to 5,507. It closed yesterday. It's up a bit today. Dow, up 208 over the week. Uh, to 16,651, the US NASDAQ up 79 points to 4,434. The UK FTSE, as it's called, is up 20 points to 6,656. The Japanese Nikkei are huge, four points to 2,300, sorry, 15,213. And the Hang Seng, 24,890, that's 306 ahead. And oil, now this is interesting, oil. Over the last few months, uh, since eight weeks, uh, uh, last two months, eight weeks, the US oil has fallen, this is Australian oil, $14 a barrel US, which is equivalent to approximately just under 16 Australian, which is 11% drop, okay? Yet our oil price 
hasn't changed very much at all. In actual fact, our oil in uh, the unleaded average in Newcastle is 153.7, down one cent. The Central Coast, which we're below now, 155.2 down there. They're down 0.7 of one cent. Diesel, Newcastle, 157.1. That's down a huge point. 0.03 of 1 cent, and the Central Coast, 157.4, that's up 0.01 cent. Sydney, down 1.3 cents to 139.3. Their diesel down there is a huge drop of 0.5 of 1 cent. Strange, isn't it? Grafton and Orange, still the same, around about 148. Orange, 149. And, of course, if you head up to Musselbrook, I think it's cheaper up there too than what it is here. <laughs> How? I don't know. I really don't. But we had 11% drop. Now, the currency, people say, oh, but there's been a movement in currency. There's been very little change in the Australian dollar versus the American dollar, of which our petrol is quoted in American dollars. So it has certainly not reflect, ref, reflected at the Bowser. Maybe over the next two weeks it will. But please don't hold your breath. This is Thursday Finance, thanks to our sponsor, Pritchard and Partners. And coming up in today's uh, episode of Thursday Finance, we'll take a trip over to Centrelink with Diane Jones and take a look at the pension bonus scheme. And, of course, right now we're heading off for our market snapshot with Henry Jennings, Barry Preston. And, of course, comments made during our program are for general discussion. You must always seek your own advice and a product disclosure statement should be obtained and considered before obtaining a financial product. Staff associated with Pritchard and Partners or BBY stockbrokers may hold or trade shares in companies mentioned on this program. Pritchard's Financial Services Licence 246712 BBY 238095. Well, Henry, there's been some impressive results for the company starting to report their figures and, of course, two that come to mind. The first one is the CBA. Some big figures there. Some very big figures. Hi, Barry, and hi to your listeners. Yes, CBA reported yesterday um, some very big numbers. Another record profit, as we, I think we're all kind of used to banks reporting record profits these days, so mm. it's hardly much of a surprise, but uh, a very good result. The dividend now for the full year is over $4, uh, which is pretty impressive, but it's still, I guess when you put it in context, it's only a, sort of a 5 percent fully frank yield at current prices so um, the share price is certainly um, getting up there um, and does um, you know, it does look a little bit um, not so much toppy but it, it's going to be hard to see it racing away based on uh, on the yield 8.63 billion I believe and the yield of course compared to bank interest I think is uh, about 7.5 I think if my, my figures that were would, correct that would be it all the changed franking. That yeah would that's be right the franking. and then about of course Telstra sorry sorry keep going what, what, what did you say? About 4.99 is the, uh, is the yield before the franking credits. So. Ah, fair enough. Of course, you've got to gross it back up if you want to compare it to bank interest. And, of course, that other friendly one that we, that we use quite a lot, Telstra had a good result this morning. Telstra's produced a good number as well this morning. Again, they they seem to be shooting the lights out, and more importantly, they've they've raised the dividend, which is always mm. good. Um, and they've also um, announced a uh, one billion dollar buyback, so um, so that's good. So um, so again, that's um, that's that's pretty positive, I guess. And the market does like the Telstra uh, number, and the stock is up two percent this morning. Interesting. That buyback. How does that work, Henry? Uh, well, basically, you can uh, the company is going to buy back some of your shares um, at, a, at a pretty favourable price from a tax perspective. So you have to tender in the amount of shares you want to sell them. I'd imagine it'll be quite popular. It's a bit like getting a kind of a roundabout 
increase in dividend, I guess. Mm. Um, you could see it that way. But um, they are doing this. Uh, it's a billion-dollar buyback. Um, you can tender your shares in, and you will receive um, you receive cash um, with a with a with a tax benefit as well. So mm. it will be quite popular, I would imagine, uh, mm. as people look to, uh, to take a benefit. So from a company's point of view, it saves them paying out. Um, Paying out uh, huge amounts of cash in terms of a special dividend, but um, mm. it'll be it'll be sort of a six to fourteen percent discount to the market price they're talking about. Um, tenders will close on the third of October. Um, buyback date will be about the sixth of October. Um, it has two components: capital of about two dollars thirty odd, and a fully frank dividend um, as well. So um, mm. it's quite uh, quite good for, um, for investors. So. More to come from that, and the company will be in contact with their shareholders anyway. I think they, they made about indeed. four point. I think it was four point two seven billion or something like that. Money a lot of money. Now, one, money. one that wasn't too popular, of course, was Oz Minerals. Now, they're a gold and copper producer, and they've been in the news not lately, but some time ago they lost a lot of money, and I think they made they lost about $7.4 million. I don't know where they lose these things, but anyway. No, back of the sofa, I guess. Mm. Um, I, I just... You know, but once again, I think it's um, it's interesting that companies are sort of seeing the value uh, of paying dividends, even though they've lost money. Which is kind of um, you know you have to dig into the piggy bank um, to pay shareholders dividends on the back of that. So, um, Osmin's, as you say, did lose uh, what was it seven seven point four I think seven point four, but they're still paying a dividend down. So, uh, <laughs> it's, a kitty. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's good to do. Um, but um, the stock hasn't done too well on the back of it. But, uh, no. yeah, we'll see. Suncorp, they did very well. Their profit last year, I think, was about, or oh, the previous year, 2013, was 491 million. This time it's 730 million. They must have got a lot of money from under the carpet somewhere. Where would they get that? Yeah, well, their insurance business seems to be going pretty well uh, at the moment. So not only are they paying uh, a normal dividend, but they're also going to be paying a, a special dividend as well. So that's really got the shares uh, rocking and rolling. So um, they're, they're doing well. So that they're, they're, I guess the, the, the worrying thing. Uh, for shareholders is that you know a lot of this cash is coming back to shareholders, which does sort of give the impression that there's not too many avenues of growth no. uh, for the company, or that maybe you know that they they're you know they're not looking at uh, expansion. So although it's good short term and maybe even medium term, long term for the company, it probably does have some implications. But certainly the, the market loves it. Uh, the shares are up another nearly two percent today, mm-hmm. so um, it's it's all looking quite good. Bradkin, I believe that's a Newcastle company. They had a bit of an increase, or now a drop in their profit, I think, from $66.9 million to $21.5 million, but they're still paying a dividend. Again, same, mm. same, same old. I mean, they are paying an 11-cent dividend they just announced uh, with their numbers. So once again, you know, it, it, these companies are showing uh, that they really want to continue to pay the dividends, um, mm. and that does reward the, the, the shareholders that have been hunting for um, for yield all this time. So... Um, yeah, interesting again. I mean, obviously they're, they're tied up with the mining services business, um, and uh, their numbers not too flash down 68%. Um, although the sales revenue was only down uh, 14%, so mm, um, n- not the end of the world. No. But uh, and, and the dividend, I guess, gives some some confidence going forward. Although it has been cut by uh, 30 odd percent down to that uh, 26 26 cents a share. 
Usually we hear good news from Coles and Woolworths, but Woolworths is struggling with one of its companies called Masters. The uh, the trying to compete with Bunnings, I think. Uh, and I read in the paper the other day they somebody said that their stores are too clean. Now that's unusual, isn't it? The stores are too clean. That's what it said in the financial review yesterday. I think. It was, wow. Yeah. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure they can be dirtied up. That's that's usually easier to dirty them up than to clean. But certainly, uh, Woolies do seem to have some. Uh, they've got a bit of a problem child with this uh, this business that they've they're taking on Bunnings with, and it's it's proving to be quite um, a costly excursion into the hardware um, game. And you know, Bunnings is, is kind of is all powerful. They've got the best sites. They, they've got a very slick marketing, and they've got all those um, middle-aged guys in aprons that can steer you in completely the wrong direction when you <laughs> ask something. Uh, so um, it, it's um, it's been a big success for uh, for West Farmers, the Bunnings story, and Woolies um, trying hard, not really succeeding at the moment. It's going to take them a lot longer to break even. I suspect they will never make money out of this business and that they will ultimately have to pull the pin, but um, they will give it a fair crack for another few years before they... Um, they throw in the white flag, I suspect. Thursday Finance, Barry Preston. We are heading overseas with our market snapshot and Henry Jennings. We certainly are. Does this sound familiar, Henry? Um, big uh, economies in a big mess. It's contracting, their consumption and investments all down, and even after record money printing, Japan has a huge debt problem and has so far for decades. It's binge too long with huge asset gains. It has been too long, and they have had some some shocking numbers, as you rightly point out, um, from uh, from their sort of experiment with arbonomics, because they they raised the sales tax uh, back on the first of April, and as a result, they, um, they they took a bit of a hit to their economy. Um, one number that um, which I, I find staggering is Japan now has a quadrillion do- uh, yen in total debt. What's a quadrillion? Um, it's a lot of money. It, it, more than a trillion? One, it's a load more than a trillion. Wow. It, it makes it, it's one, they've now got 1.038 quadrillion, which is one, two, it's about, uh, 12 zeros. It's about, um, 16 zeros after the one of yen in debt. Ooh. Scary. And their 10-year bonds have hit all-time lows of uh, 0.5%. So you would think that all is well in, in Japan, but it's um, certainly racking up its debt like there's no tomorrow. Well, it probably is now. Of course, following them very quickly is Argentina. It's battling, uh, and apparently it defaulted recently on, I think, about $1.3 Now, that's not much now when we talk about quadrillions. We talk no, about... it's not much. No, I mean, no, no, no. Argentina's been involved in a, uh, a bit of a courtroom battle with a bunch of what they consider vulture hedge funds from the U.S., um, and they can actually afford to pay uh, the interest on this debt, but a U.S. court has been messing them around, and they basically have, um, have been... Um, uh, they've been told that they've got to do certain things which they don't want to do and as a result they have officially defaulted on their debt which in the old days would have sent a bit of a um, bit of a, a ripple through the market but um, in this kind of um, new world that we live in where money is free or cheap um, it's not sent too many ripples through the market at all we had a, a barely barely a, a movement um, we did have a few days of um, a somewhat uh, some volatility but it, it came back in, in style and the US keeps going up as it does our market.
Mm, talking about free money, ICAC's having a bit of fun. We, we, better, not, we better not go down that path. Well, no, yes, no. it certainly seems to be that uh, Newcastle seems to be in the spotlight at the moment, and there's a, a lot of brown envelopes flying around the place with these, uh, these disgraced politicians, which um, they should be in jail. At last, India, some good news. Tata Motors had a good report, I believe. They did. They, 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 they've been selling uh, Land Rovers and uh, Jaguar cars. Uh, for those uh, listeners that don't know, Tata Motors um, now owns um, the, the Land Rover and Jaguar, and their sales are up 61% in China. Wow. So the Chinese um, seem, to, um, seem to really like um, these sort of luxury brands, as we know they do, um, and they're really getting into it in terms of cars. Uh, it wasn't long ago that I remember that Jaguar was a bit of a bit of a, a, a bad name around the auto industry in terms of um, quality um, when it was owned by um, British Leyland, then privatised, then Ford owned it, and now it's uh, owned by Tata. Mm, interesting. When you talk about, you say China's been buying these, but China, I believe, is in the uh, grip of a bit of a credit slump. Well, again, I mean, we, we saw some numbers out of China yesterday, which were. Um, which were a little worrying, I guess, and, and there's, there's always this concern that the Chinese uh, will have a bit of a hard landing. But they did have a plunge in credit expansion last month. Um, I think this was uh, sort of um, to levels not seen since the GFC. So um, it was pretty concerning, I guess, um, in terms of the, um, the, fi- the funding and finance that's going around the Japanese economy at the moment. It was way below what analysts were going for. Uh, and as a result, the, the fears are, are back that, uh, that China is headed for a, a bit of a soft landing, or even a, or even worse, is a hard landing. So it's up to the government, I guess, to stimulate their economy again. And President Obama apparently is getting a message out to the U.S. corporations: read their tax obligations. Come on, yeah. fellas, pay your tax. Well, these guys are really good at avoiding tax. Um, there's been a spate of takeovers of uh, of smaller companies in somewhat more. Um, sort of pleasant domicile tax havens like Ireland um, and a lot of companies have moved to Ireland it's very hard for um, for governments to know where to tax these global um, internet providers like Google and the Amazons of this world and they do tend to, to buy these companies in tax havens and then shift all their pro- their projects and their um, and their profits more importantly to these uh, to these guys so yeah I think Obama and, and the world needs to start clamping down on, on this because it's uh, it's costing governments an awful lot of lost revenue um, mm. in, in places where they do, I mean a lot of these companies earn massive profits in Australia and the US but don't pay any tax because they're, they're domiciled in Luxembourg or Ireland or various other places and they say that's where um, where the, the, the profits are earned which is clearly wrong this could be a revelation I think Tony then should cancel their party Passport. Um, I'm not sure Google has a passport. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Henry, that's a bit of comedy there anyway. Henry, yeah. thank you very much indeed. You keep safe when you're on Sky again. Uh, I would be on Sky next week, but I'm actually away next week, Barry, so I won't be able to talk to your listeners. Oh, we might have to record so. it. No, I'm only joking. And by the way, yeah. how did you go on the City to Surf? Where did you finish? Uh, I finished about halfway. I did 93 minutes, which for an old fella is not too bad. I was pretty happy with that, seeing as uh, I had um, not the ideal preparations, shall we say, the night before. No, uh, but my, my daughter kept me honest and kept pushing me along, so it was good. And you raised a lot of money for Starlight Foundation. I raised about a thousand bucks, which was good, and thank you for your contribution. Well done, and you keep safe. We'll see you very soon. And this is Thursday Finance with thanks to our, part, uh, our sponsor, Pritchard and Partners, and Barry Preston. Time to take a look at one of the Centrelink things that we like to consider.
it's sad today, it really is, because um, this is our last program with Diane Jones, who I believe is going skiing, but that's not skiing on sleds. She's going to spend the kids' inheritance. Is that tr- correct, Diane? That's exactly right, Barry, yes. Um, that's the plan. Great plan. <laughs> Diane sent me an email the other day and she said she wouldn't be available. She's going skiing. So I said, Becca, I hope the snow's nice. And I was quite serious about it, but then she emailed back and said, no, Barry, spend kids' inheritance. And I knew where she was coming from there. <laughs> yes, well, yes. we'll say, we'll say uh, a goodbye at the end. But in the meantime... The pension bonus scheme. Now, we talk about this quite regularly. It's something that I think a lot of people miss. What is the pension bonus scheme? All right. It's a a tax-free lump sum payment for people who've registered with the pension bonus scheme and have deferred claiming the age pension and stayed in paid work. So that's what the scheme's all about. Now, who would be eligible for this? What basis? All right. So the first thing is you must have already registered for the scheme before the 1st of July 2014. So it's only for people who are registered with the scheme. And look, I know that lots of your listeners are registered because I I get feedback from them all the time. Right. They must have continued working um, past the normal age pension age and they had to be age pension age before September 2009. And that's nearly five years ago now. Mm. And uh, what about, if they, can they have received an age pension at all? What are some of the other no, eligibilities? No, no. Some of the requirements are that um, they've continued to meet a work test. So for most people, that's at least 960 hours in each 12 months since they deferred claiming the age pension. Mm-hmm. And they must claim that bonus when they claim the age pension. Okay. Now, what are some of the payment rates for this pension or oh, pension bonus scheme? Mm-hmm. The first thing is, um, it depends on how long the person has been working um, since age, pension age, and it depends on whether they're a single person or they're a member of a couple, how much the bonus amount might be. And there's another important factor that determines the payment, and that's how much the basic pension is when they do retire and claim with us. Fair enough. So, okay. Now... So if your partner's, say I was working and my partner wasn't working and I claimed it, we're both eligible? Um, The first thing is if your partner was an age pension age before 2009, no, they they wouldn't be eligible for a bonus, only the person who meets that requirement. Mm. And if, if your partner's still working when you come along to claim that bonus, that can have an effect on how much the bonus is. So I guess it's important that you talk to us before you claim that bonus just to understand how the income and asset testing works and the factors that could affect the amount of the bonus. So we'll guide you on what the rules are and any options that may give you the best outcome. Talking about the factors, what are, could you just sort of enlighten us with some of the factors affecting yeah. payment? So um, the first thing is that if a person is given away more than 10000 in a financial year, they can't accrue a pension bonus for five years after that. Mm-hmm. They can't accrue a pension bonus after they've reached um, 75 years of age. But um, again, we need to talk to those people to help them understand the timing of their claim. If a person who has too much income or assets to get an age pension when they come along to claim, they won't receive a bonus. So they're the major things that determine the bonus. So what is the relationship between pension 
and bonus. Yeah, it's a multiple of your starting rate of the pension. So um, I guess we are seeing quite a number of people who have worked five years um, since um, age, pension age. If they retire now and um, they have, you know, modest assets and income and they receive a full age pension, the maximum bonus amounts are quite large. So for a a single person, up to 48000 if they receive the full age pension, mm-hmm. and for each of a couple, up to 36000 But it's mm-hmm. most important to know that if you don't receive the full age pension, then usually you're not going to receive the full bonus amount. Now, could people go into your website and ascertain and get all the information on this? Most certainly. Not only do we have information on the pension bonus scheme, of course we have in- information on how income and assets affect pension entitlements and we have a great calculator there that people can use to get a bit of an idea but of course as always we have financial information service officers like myself who can help I guess work out um, where people sit with income and asset testing. And what is the website? Um, Humanservices.gov.au That takes you not only to Centrelink information, but Medicare and child support information. If you're looking for pension bonus information, then you can put that in the search box, pension bonus scheme. If you're looking for general information for older Australians, you can click on that information and it will take you to all sorts of topics that may be of interest to older people. Well, Diane, it's that time, and thank you very much indeed from all of us at 2NURFM. You've been a great service to our listeners, and we've had many, many comments appreciating your information, which has been very simple and informative. So please enjoy your retirement, and we at 2NURFM hope it's a happy, healthy, long, and all that you would want for you and your family. Thank you. I'd like to add my, uh, my dittos to that too. It's been great having you on board, Diane. Thursday Finance and time for a question from Barry's mailbag. Uh, and it comes from someone who says, I held shares for a number of years, Barry, and I sold them. And now my accountant wants to know my purchase price and whether I dividend reinvested or not. This is like uh, fully frank dividends, getting it back from the tax department. We get a lot of questions on this one. Now, first of all, anyone that's starting to invest or doing investing now, please keep every record you have on either a buy, a dividend or a sale. Okay, first of all, I would suggest that if you've got something, a registered number or a holder number or an SRN number that usually starts with the letter I, or you may be lucky enough to have one that starts with the letter X, then you'd go to your broker, the latter one. Oh, look, um, have a look at the top right-hand corner. It will tell you the registry. It's either computer share, link market services, boardroom, and there's a couple of others. But have a look up there. Go into their website and follow the prompts. You're looking for your share. Once you find the share, the name of the company, they'll probably have a little box to put in the code. Then you'll put in your SRN number and follow the things through. If you look in there, there are headings that says payments, dividends. Click on those and it should bring up all your records. Take a bit of time, but again, always keep your records when you're dealing with shares because your accountant's going to charge you for looking this up himself and there's quite a lot of work involved. And that's Thursday Finance for today. Keep safe, everybody. See you next week. Thank you, Barry Preston.